Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Joining us now on the Wendy's Big Show. You hear him during the football season, giving you his fantasy picks week to week. We'll do it again this year as well. Ian Harditz, Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at iHarditz. Ian, what's going on, man? Great day to be great. Great day talking to you in the summer uh, for a change. But yes, have to be back next fall talking all things, helping uh, m- mostly helping Leroy, but also getting uh, some listener questions in here and there as well. Leroy always has questions. Uh, he already has had a fantasy draft, which I don't understand either. But either way, uh, real quick, before we get into the football stuff, favorite candle currently in, in the house? Favorite candle in the house? Right now, I got, let's see, Sand Paul's Ocean Mist lit in the room. Nice little three-wick, big one, $18 from your local marshals. Great day to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ocean Mist. Yep, I've had it and I like it. Yes, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Ian, by the way, if you don't don't know, Ian Ian is a candle expert. Like Adam McKelvey, who covers the Brewers for Brewers.com, is our candy expert. Ian is our candle expert. Same way from Pro Football Focus. Uh, Okay, Ian, so let's let's get into some of, of the players out there. Um, that are are changing uh, venues and changing teams, and whether or not that helps uh, or hurts them as far as fantasy football wise go. Let's start with Russell Wilson, the former Badger, uh, now with the Denver Broncos in the toughest division in football. Uh, what do you make for Russell Wilson fantasy wise, and then for his supporting cast as well? It's a tough division for sure, and it's going to be competitive each and every week. But with that, we're going to see a lot of shootouts between these teams. I mean, just. Herbert, Carr, Russ, and Mahomes in the same division. And also when you realize that the AFC West is actually being matched up with the NFC West as their main, uh, you know, cross, like uh, all the NFC, AFC divisions have one of those per year. Like this, these are going to be the most high scoring games uh, weekend and week out those four o'clock uh, West coast time slots. So definitely think that everyone in the Broncos offense deserves a boost, but the one guy, the two guys that seem to be getting maybe a little bit too much benefit the doubt are Jerry Judy and also Al I think both guys have flashed enough. And yeah, when you've been catching passes from Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, Joe Flacco over the last couple of years, it's tough to stand out too much. But just with Judy, man, he was a first round pick under John Elway since then they've switched to a new GM, George Patton. And it was actually Patton was the one that extended both Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick at the end of last year. Nathaniel Hackett coming from Green Bay really does like to run more two tight end, even some two running back stuff from time to time. And I'm just worried that Judy's going to be a bit pigeonholed into the slot. Meanwhile, we got Sutton and Patrick on the outside getting most of those patented Russ Wilson moon balls thrown their way. So Judy's just a little bit expensive for me right now. And then with Alberto, got to wonder if uh, Greg Dulcich, their third round tight end, could turn things into a bit of committee as uh, Packers fans know. And, you know, like Robert Tunyon, the guy scored, what, 11, 12 touchdowns a couple years ago. And even before he got hurt last season, he could barely even crack 50% of the snaps in the game. So really tough when you have these new coaching staffs coming in to just, you know, immediately assume that the running back and tight end rooms in particular are just going to stay the same. 
the other day, uh, ESPN does their their survey with the top 50 uh, people from around the NFL, scouts, executives, players, so forth, whatever. Uh, and Devontae Adams was ranked number one at wide receiver. And we asked on Friday, do you think Devontae Adams will still be number one next year when they do this survey all over again? So we did that on Friday. Then over the weekend, I see, I think it was Justin Jefferson that came out and said he plans on being ne- number one next year when this thing comes out uh, again. So uh, kind of running his mouth a little bit about Devontae going to Las Vegas now. Uh, what make you of Devontae Adams and where his draft stock should be right now? Right now, I have Devontae as my overall wide receiver seven, and the only reason why he's that low is just kind of based on the continuity and having him to go, and I know he played at Fresno State with Derek Carr, so it's going to be just fine, and Derek Carr is a lot better than people give him credit for, but he's also not the two-time reigning you know, league MVP, so I do think that there is a chance that there's a lot more target competition between Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, and even a slight step down from Carter Rogers. You know, it's just enough for me to rank guys like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Dix, C.D. Lambs, and even Mike Evans ahead of him. You know, as great as it is talking about guys like Adams and Tyree Kill all throughout the summer and the fun trades that you know took over the media uh, cycle, I do think you know the guys that have more or less just been home, staying quiet, working with their incumbent quarterback are the guys that are better off. But again, wide receiver for seven for Adams, he's got an ADP usually around wide receiver six, so I'm not too far off consensus. What's wild, man, is like you start looking at the top 24 wide receivers as a whole and I believe it's only 11 or 12 of them actually have the same quarterback that they did last year so yeah we talked about Sutton and Judy before like plenty of guys will benefit from it but there are some lateral moves that make you wonder you know Terry McLaurin going from Taylor Heineke uh, to Carson Wentz you could actually argue is a pretty decent upgrade same thing with Michael Pittman going from Wentz to Matt Ryan DJ Moore is now dealing with Baker Mayfield so this is going to make or break a lot of these guys in that kind of muddled wide receiver two range and I will say it's a big reason why I've been more willing than ever to really load up at running back in the first few rounds of these fantasy drafts because once you start getting to wide receiver 12 or 13 it's like the next 15 players all have one red flag or another let you know whoever basically fall to you given uh, given the draft what about from a running back perspective then well you talk about Devonte adams being with the raiders and i was gonna ask you about waller uh, how that affects him and hunter renfro but i would assume jacobs gets affected by this as well if they're gonna throw the ball more the big thing with Jacobs is Josh McDaniels now running that Raiders offense. And there's one thing we've learned in fantasy over the years, it's that nobody has any idea what's going on in that New England backfield. And I think, unfortunately, that's what we can now be looking at going on with the Raiders. Jacobs can do it all. Like He reminds me a lot of Antonio Gibson as like a guy that absolutely can play across all three downs. We've seen him do it. He looks good when he catches the ball. But how many times do we have to see them not really give him that role until we accept it? And then looking at what McDaniels immediately did upon coming in, you know, it wasn't the biggest running back moves, but they drafted Zamir White in round four, and they added both Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah. Brandon Bolden would not matter on 30 depth charts around the league, but last year, like, he was the pass down back ahead of Ramondre Stevenson, ahead of Damian Harris, and even Amir Abdullah has helped, you know, work as a pass down back in Carolina, even Minnesota for us uh, spurts of the last few 
years. So, unfortunately, I think this Raiders backfield is going to have three, maybe even four guys involved. They just declined Josh Jacobs' uh, fifth-year option. So, on the one hand, you could say, oh, it's the last year there. Maybe it'll give him, you know, 500 touches and just run him into the ground. On the other hand, it's like, are they really going to run their offense around a guy that they have already acknowledged is not going to be in their plans next year? I tend to lean towards the latter. Let's talk about these running backs that you were talking about, talking with Ian Hart. It's Pro Football Focus. You'll join us uh, for another season coming up, talking fantasy football. Follow him on Twitter at iHartitz if you have any questions uh, that you may have uh, now or going into your draft. So who's won then? Is Jonathan Taylor won the former Badger running back at the Colts? Is he won then in your mind? For standard and half point PPR, I'm still going with Taylor, but I have converted to Christian McCaffrey in uh, full PPR. Oh, I was ready. You're to be back on, on the McCaffrey thing again. Didn't we talk about this last year with you and I about McCaffrey yeah, always yeah, getting yeah. hurt? Just let it go, Ian. Let it go. I I'm not gonna fade a guy because I just think he's magically gonna get hurt. Now there is a difference between fading a guy because you think they'll get hurt and fading a guy who is already actively hurt. Talking sure. about guys like Jameson Williams, Michael Gallup coming yeah. back from the ACL. That's different, but. McCaffrey is a healthy 25-year-old freak athlete that we've seen have the best fantasy football season ever, and we're going to fade him because he sprained his ankle last year. We, we're playing first or last, like Ricky Bobby said. No one cares about you know coming in fourth or fifth in your fantasy league, and the healthy version of Christian McCaffrey is better than any running back we've ever seen with the way they can just pepper him the ball and also just be willing to give him 250 freaking rush attempts. So having Baker Mayfield is sadly going to be the best quarterback that McCaffrey and his Carolina offense has gotten to play with uh, over these last five years and I say that with all due respect to late career Cam Newton who just unfortunately wasn't really the same after that uh, arm shoulder surgery following 2018 so having Baker there I know Baker and Carson Wentz and even Kirk Cousins they always seem to be caught in these crosshairs just everyone hating on them and it's just you know, these guys are making, I'm sure they have plenty of dollar bills to wipe those tears away. So I don't want to be uh, acting like, you know, they have too many problems here. But, you know, these quarterbacks that aren't top 12, they probably aren't even top 15, but they're definitely top 20, you know, top 25 at the worst. They just don't seem to get enough respect when they do kind of travel to these other uh, teams. I mean, the amount of people that unironically are trying to say that Jacoby Brissett's better than Baker Mayfield, I mean, come on. So I do think there is higher touchdown potential now for McCaffrey there. And, yeah, Taylor has not Ryan his own right but look we were playing full PPR fantasy football and if you ask Frank Reich himself the Colts head coach he's even saying that he, sh- he wants to draft Naeem Hines in fantasy football because they're going to keep him on the field on pass downs McCaffrey never has to leave it's a numbers game and if he stays healthy big if but if he does no one's going to have more numbers than CMC what about running backs uh, that you know had good years last year but like you talked about have a quarterback switch and in a questionable quarterback switch like Pittsburgh with Najee Harris who is a stud no question, but are they going to load up in the box and dare them to throw to begin the season? I think the Najee point is fair, but we also saw last year, I mean, the big issue everyone's worried about was, oh, look at that offensive line and Ben's cooked and both those things really came to fruition and it didn't matter because when you get the ball 300 plus times in a year, it's just pretty much impossible to bust no matter how bad the offense is. And honestly, like Najee himself, he broke a lot of tackles, but just wasn't a very explosive player. Uh, Showed a lot more in the passing game, I think, uh, than he did as a rusher. And again, the offensive environment was terrible, but it didn't matter. He was still an upside RB1 because 
because of that sweet, sweet volume, because they still have the same play caller, Matt Canada coming back. I know the quarterback's different. Maybe we don't quite get the same, you know, never ending dose of uh, check downs, but at the same time, there's just nobody else in Pittsburgh to even really spell him. I mean, at this point, it looks like Benny Snell would probably be the handcuff. I mean, it's just sad. They didn't even resign Kalen Balaj, who I thought, probably had the most three-down ability. One thing I will bring up, though, is just kind of everyone involved in Cleveland. You know, we still don't know exactly if or for how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended. But with these running backs, as things stand right now, Nick Chubb, unfortunately, and I believe Nick Chubb is arguably the single best running back in the league, but he's two injuries away, not one, he's two injuries away from getting a featured three-down role. Like last year, with Kareem Hunt in, Nick Chubb averaged 17.5 carries and targets per game. Without Kareem Hunt, he averaged 17.6 because they actually have a number three RB in Dearness Johnson, who they trust to put on the field in passing situations over Nick Chubb. I really wish they wouldn't, but you know, it's not about what I'm wishing. It's about trying to figure out what these teams are going to do. So I actually think that uh, Chubb, you know, prioritizing guys like James Connors, like Cam Akers, just have, again, a much better opportunity of getting that workload is going to be the move. Your yards per carry is one of the most overrated stats in fantasy football. The more you can kind of fade, just, you know, I don't want to say fade the really good real-life players. Ideally, we can have guys that are fantastic real-life talents with the big workloads. But, man, chase that volume as much as possible at the running back position. So that then means Aaron Jones is lower on your draft board than probably he is as far as real-life running back goes because of A.J. Dillon uh, and the amount of carries he takes away from Jones, even though they continue to say they're going to run the ball probably more this year uh, with the offense that they have going in without Devontae Adams. That's the one, Green Bay, so you'd be right in almost 99% of other situations, but I think when you look at the Packers' offense, it's like, okay, who's the number one playmaker? Darren Jones. Who's the number two playmaker? Probably A.J. Dillon. Yep. I mean, with all due respect to Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, like, I think they're just going to really feature these two running backs, and unlike Nick Chubb and arguably Kareem Hunt as well in Cleveland, like if Jones or Dillon go down, now the other guy that is left standing is immediately going to be like a legit top five, top six running back in all of fantasy. So in Jones's case, he's such a special receiver. I mean, uh, you guys have seen over the years, just they use him on wheel routes. They had that game against the Chiefs without Devontae Adams a couple years ago where he was actually just getting extended run lined up out wide and he had like 150 yards or something bonkers so Jones is special enough as a receiver that we've actually seen in the sample size it's about eight games without Devontae Adams Jones has really been stepping up and working as the de facto number one so I really think he's actually good enough to handle that sort of Alvin Kamara level receiving upside where you know like Austin Eckler last year like these are guys that aren't necessarily expected to have that many more than 200 carries which you know the Packers haven't really gone out of their way to give Jones throughout his his career. The difference is we haven't seen Jones get a chance to flirt with those 80 to 100 targets like I think he could be on pace for this year. So, in standard half PPR leagues, you know, Jones is someone that you can probably slide down behind Joe Mixon, maybe behind Javante Williams, but I have him RB9 right now. He's basically my second highest uh my second highest ranked running back behind only Austin Eckler that like doesn't have that full three down role. And in AJ Dillon's case, again, we're looking at the probable top two focal points of the Packers offense. So when I look at AJ Dillon's workload, like I don't see him having too much of a problem surpassing 200 carries and he can catch the ball too. I mean, that was a big concern coming out of Boston college just because he hadn't done it. But last season alone, Dylan and Aaron Jones actually each had four games with at least 40 plus receiving yards. So when I see Dylan versus guys like Elijah Mitchell, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, and Josh Jacobs, 
I think Dylan could arguably have a bigger role than them from day one and a probably more explosive high-scoring offense. And unlike a lot of those other running backs, he is one injury to Aaron Jones away from, again, vaulting to the very top of fantasy. So in this Green Bay offense, it's one of those things where we trust Aaron Rodgers and maybe some of that trust is being misguided with the wide receivers like Alan Lazard getting his price uh, really up there. I think the answer is just to really get these running backs anytime you can. Ian Harditz, Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at iHarditz. I got two more questions for you. First one, Ezekiel Elliott. Will he ever be the beast that he was again? I will say he looked a lot more like that beast in the first four weeks of last year before he tore his PCL. We had this unfortunate players that play through the pain. I think the first game they do it, we acknowledge it and we maybe give them, give them some slack, but afterwards we kind of forget about it. It happened with Zeke last year, Cordero Patterson playing through a sprained ankle in the second half of the year, Baker Mayfield tearing his labrum and basically in week two and then Foley in week six, continuing to play through the pain. I mean, I do wonder with all these guys, like if Zeke had just, Stop playing after week four, similar to when Derrick Henry, uh, you know, hurt his foot. He just didn't play the second half of the year. DeAndre Swift missed all that time. Players that play through the pain don't get the benefit of the doubt the way players do that just, you know, take the time off and they just miss it because we don't actually see them out there struggling. So with that in mind, look, Cowboys still have 90 million reasons to feed this guy the ball. I don't think we're going to see him flirting with the top five overall, um, you know, season that we have seen him put on the table before, but it's just, Pollard's really good, and he's going to demand a lot of touches in his own right, and he would be doing that in any backfield around the league. I mean, I, I understand Cowboys fans aren't thrilled about the Zeke contract, but at the end of the day, he's going to probably go down, I would say, no worse than their third-best running back ever behind only Emmitt Smith and Tony Dorsett. So it's one of these things where I, I just hate at running back when these guys get paid a lot of money, which is, like, awesome for them, and, you know, it's just a freaking – rich football owner paying a football player a bunch of money, but we can't talk about running back performance now with someone like Zeke without mentioning how he's overpaid every single time. So I think Zeke is really good. I think Pollard's uh, really good and Zeke right now still my RB 18 and he's cheaper than ever in fantasy drafts, man. That's the other thing we need to remember. Don't hate the player, hate the ADP. So I get it. Like, you don't want to draft Zeke as a t- first round pick anymore. You don't have to. He's there in the fourth round a man. lot of times. So Good if you do God. find yourself, yeah, so if you find yourself getting some of these wide receivers early, you could do worse than, yeah, a slightly washed version of Zeke, but, you know, he's still the lead back in the league's reigning number one ranked yep. scoring off. I got one minute left. Top three rookies that you like uh, going into fantasy football drafts as of right now before we've seen training camps or preseason? Um, probably peppering the wide receivers. I think Drake London is looking like a value more and more as we get removed from the draft. Falcons, number one wide receiver, very likely number one pass game target. Um, also got to keep him, keep an eye on Jahan Dotson going late. Again, talking about just these weird phenomenons that go on with the rankings. And when we have players get drafted almost ahead of what the mocks say they should have been, we almost penalize them instead right. of being happy that a team valued them more so. So Jahan Dotson, 16th overall pick, and the guy's going outside the top 60 wide receivers. I know it's Carson Wentz, but look at all the first-round wide receivers. None of their quarterback situations are that great. Don't be afraid to bet on the 5'11 Penn State talent. Guy can do a lot more than just be stuck in the slot. There he is, Ian Harditz, Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at iHarditz. You'll hear him throughout the football season as well. Ian, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Good talking to you, man. Take it easy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 